Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. The reason I made the noise when I get up, I've been spin cycling for like three weeks, and they say that your butt is supposed to not feel awful, but I swear I've broken something. Like, what? My butt hurts so bad. Like, when I get okay, up what, and sit what down, you break in your butt. Your butt is a muscle. Are you hitting your like your tailbone or something? It's it's like a freaking bicycle seat, and yeah. I have a bigger butt than a bicycle seat, uh, and it's just not very comfortable. So it's kind of like then a you have thong to stand up and sit down and all that stupid garbage. Oh. Better wrap it in an ace bandage and call it. <laughs> You're a for that, like. I, I seriously like extra supported butt sling. Um, I want a donut <laughs> pillow. <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. Are yeah, you that's really? a smart thing. Are you right now? What? Are you sitting on a donut right now? No, I want one. <laughs> I did one spin class one time when I I joined this gym and I used to go to like like Zumba classes and stuff and they were so fun so I thought I'd try a spin class. I swear to god, it felt like I just lost my virginity again after I took that class. <laughs> I was like walking funny for like 3 days. I'm like, whew. Just <laughs> feel like fun. I've been. And these right. the stupid beginner classes, they're like, okay, this is for when you've never spinned before. And then they're like, okay, let's go 80 miles like a minute. And now let's stand up and sit down. Are you kidding me? I need the one for like super old octogenarian people that have heart conditions. Where's that video? Yeah, I need that one too. And I don't know about you, but when I was doing my, the one time that I did the spin class and the whole standing up and sitting down, well, okay, I have super short legs. So when I would stand up and try to pedal, I kept hitting my ass on the seat. This was an act- at an actual gym. So there was like a class. So I couldn't like just stop what I was doing and say, hold on, stop the class a well, second. Right. Let me figure out what's going on with this bike. So instead, I just kept trying to keep up and I kept whacking my ass on the seat every time that we I'm had very to stand imp- up. I'm impressed that you went to a class because seriously, I would never in a hundred years go to a class because they would see what I look like when I'm riding the bicycle and it's not pretty at all. Yeah. How do you do this then? What? How do you do it? It's in the corner of my bedroom. So you like watch a video and do it. And I watch a video on YouTube. But like I said, I haven't found like, hi, I'm 80 years old and I'm 600 pounds and I'm a beginner. Like that's Mm -hmm. the video I need. See, and that's where you and I differ because I would watch the video on the couch while I ate chips (laughs) and watch TikTok. And then I then I would tell Tom I worked out. There's a video out there and it was on Facebook and it's um like this workout thing that's done to a, a Rob Zombie song. And it's like this mix of like eighties workouts. So they're wearing like the spandex and they have the big hair and all of this stuff and it's to Rob a Rob Zombie song. Look it up whenever you have a minute because Holy, it's hilarious. What a great transition, you guys. Carrie, speaking of zombies, how appropriate is that? It just happened to just flow right into the conversation. 
Thank you, Rob yes. Zombie, and your awesome music. <laughs> Maybe we should go for the cranberries. I don't like that song as much. Uh, I really, that. really hate that song. So we have our special guest today returning to the podcast after what has it been? Like two years? Probably two years now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Carrie was on the show to talk about her podcast, The Blitz Book Club. Yes. That was before you had your son, wasn't it? Yeah, because we haven't really recorded. We haven't posted anything since I had him. Oh, my gosh. So it's been a while because he's almost two. Major life change. Wow. That plus COVID. You know, it messed everything up. Yeah. COVID, COVID and babies. But regardless of that, the fact that you not only wrote a book, but published it since then, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty proud of it. So, you know, in a way, it's kind of way cooler that you're on the podcast as an author than as a podcaster. Yeah, that's going to take some getting used to. It's an interesting feeling knowing like my book is out there and like I'm an author and it's it's strange. I'm not used to it yet. Well, that's because this is your first book. You'll eventually get used to it. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. <laughs> Honestly, especially like I get messages from people that have read it sometimes now and and that's just blows my mind, you know, that somebody enjoyed it enough or thought enough about it that they wanted to actually message me. So I don't know if I'll ever get used to it, but I am thoroughly humbled by it all. And you know what? This week, which is really kind of ironic, that there was another tie-in for us to talk about. Did anybody see that the CDC re-released um, Zombie Preparedness Manual? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> They saw did. That. It happened this week. They put it out again. Oh, come on. I'm being serious. <laughs> Why this? It was like a couple of years ago, two, maybe even three years ago. I actually had the people from the health department on my nonprofit radio show talking about the zombie preparedness guide because they did it as a joke originally to get people to understand what a pandemic might be like. And I think now we know that most people would now be zombies. Yeah. If they had to like rely on. We wouldn't survive. No. Totes. Rule number one, cardio. cardio. Yeah, I would I would totally be dead. So. I'd be dead. Yeah. Zombies happen, I'm dead. Yeah. Okay, speaking of creepy, it, Martha, is Ron in the backyard? Because I just saw his shadow go across the window. Yeah. And I'm a little afraid. <laughs> right now. The zombies are after I'm you. I'm looking at the cover of Carrie's book right here, which is creepy enough. And then I see a shadow and I was like, well. Did you also hear the growl outside the window? No, because then I would have been on my way to save you. <laughs> I'll be right there, guys. From Amarillo. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd have, we would be um, zombie scat by that time. <laughs> Here's my big question to you, Carrie. Do you consider these characters zombies? Because none of them are dead. That's true. That's okay. true. I was very afraid when I was reviewing it to call them zombies. So I kept calling them the infected, yeah. like a big old weirdo. But... They well, act very zombie-like. Yeah, they. I mean, they come from the idea of zombies. But for me, when I think about, I'm a huge zombie fan. I love horror movies, horror books, all that stuff. I'm really into it. And for me, the scariest part of a zombie apocalypse is you. Nobody wants to hurt someone they care about. You know, oh, yeah. everybody has the idea they want to help everybody, fix everybody. So. If suddenly the people you care about most are the ones turning on you, people are going to hesitate to defend themselves. Yeah. And that's what's going to make it spread so much. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about, you know, what if 
There was a zombie apocalypse and my neighbor Kevin came over. Well, maybe I would maybe I'd use the machete on Kevin. Let me use somebody else. If Kelly came over. Maybe not so. You and you would hesitate. I would hesitate to get her with the machete. Mm-hmm. So I'm only using <laughs> I'm using the machete because Keith actually confessed to me <laughs> that her husband owns a zombie machete. Can we see that by the way cuz I saw that text. Bring too. it. You know what? Bring it. I- well, I moved a year ago and it's uh, in a box somewhere in the basement because we haven't needed to use it. God now, damn it. What it was three you, years ago dude, when that CDC it thing could happen any time. I mean, a big machete in the basement. It's that, a pandemic. That's about right. <laughs> Come on. It's a thing of nightmares. I also have three children on the wall. who would love to use it on each other oh. or even pretend. And then I'd lose a cat or something. Or a finger. And, yeah. Or never offering to babysit your children, Keith. <laughs> right? <laughs> what do you want to do? Play zombie machete. Play zombie right? machete. <laughs> when that CDC thing came out three years ago for Christmas that year, my husband bought like his two best friends and his brother zombie apocalypse kits. And they had the machete and they had a couple of the other things that they mentioned. And this thing that's used, it's like a three-pronged like lady thing. It's supposed to kill bullfrogs, but he thought when he saw it that it looked like a good brain piercer. Oh, yeah. See, I want to I've, I've always said that my perfect one of my perfect um, tools would be one of those things you use to pick up trash. Excuse it me, looks why, like that. Why are is, why is no one um, concerned or disturbed by the fact that people are using these on bullfrogs? Because I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm a little sad about that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's that's what it was called. Y'all like, don't live down Amazon. in the swamp, do you? It's for when you're frogging and want some frog legs. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they have grocery stores. You don't have to go out there and start stabbing frogs. I mean, that's just wrong. But it's an apocalypse. The, the ones that survived the pandemic. Yeah, no, this thing exists right now. Exactly. Somebody's got Somebody's got to hunt for them frog legs, Rachel. See, this is exactly why I just need to be a zombie from the second this shit starts, because <laughs> I can't do these things. I, I won't. I'm sorry. There's no AC. There's no running water. I have to kill frogs. I'm out. <laughs> just just shoot me in the head now, because I'm going to go over there to the zombie clan. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm out of this. <sighs> this is the teaser for Carrie's book. We're going to do everybody else's review. And then we'll come Including back. Including Carrie's review of somebody else's book. And then we'll review Carrie's book after the outbreak. Really? Was he chopping He's wood? had that thing out there all. I can't believe you guys have grass to mow. No, I just lost the snow. He's got mower hooked up to the, he's spraying for weeds. Oh. So he's got that dye stuff in his little hopper. In the hopper. In the hopper. Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and yell at him. With your microphone. It's, what it's time do we loud. do this every week, Ron? I can hear it. I heard it when it started, but. Oh, well, I hope we all had a good time. For those of y'all who've never met Ron, you can't now because Martha's going <laughs> to <get away. laughs> He was a good guy. <laughs> My husband will be so sad he loves Ron's beer. Oh, well. Yeah. Remember that That'll scene of arachnophobia cool. where they put the sprayer down? He puts, Ooh. actually, I think that's Men in Black, where he puts the sprayer down the guy's throat. Oh. 
and that's how oh, they find yeah. him. He dies. Yeah, that's about that's what's fixing to happen right now. Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn it this way. Let's all watch. You <laughs> can see this on our YouTube channel. <laughs> if we watch, then we're witnesses. Oh, that's <laughs> true. That's we, we don't can, watch. We can be like, I don't know what just, happened. We're just toast. Yeah. yeah, we're not witnesses. We're not accomplices. <laughs> I don't want to go to court, man. So do you want me to tell you how well, uncool you I am still? or How uncool? How uncool are you, Vani? Well, last weekend when my family was in town and um, they were eating Ron's chocolate chip cookies, my niece's fiance said, these cookies are fire. And I'm like going, what? What? They're spicy? They're hot? What? He's like, no, they're fire. And I turned to my sister. I'm like, I don't know what that means. And she's like, it means they're good. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Make sure and tell them. <laughs> so uncool. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't know what a DM was a couple weeks ago, and everybody was like, uh, "It's a direct message." I was like, "And and the sounds whole like something awful." The thing that it's really been right. bothering me, and this is it. I'm really having an issue with this. I don't understand why side part is, is an now. insult to call somebody a side part. Now I can I can see comb over being an insult. My 14 year old daughter tells me that the side part on women is equal to a comb over now for men. Yep, millennials will not wear out. it. Some Anybody of us, cool doesn't wear it. Some of us oh, no, have thin I'm hair. God damn it! I'm team side part. <laughs> yeah, same. Huh. I just don't under. <sighs> Why? The same with the laughing emoji. If you I know, use the I laughing like emoji, the, you're very uncool. I don't like the skull. It's like I'm trying to tell people to die in my text. I'm like, oh, my God, that was so funny. Die. <laughs> <laughs> Here, have the death's head. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. But I mean, most of the time I'm OK with people living. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to actually send that to a few people, but not as an LOL. <laughs> I have a list that I yeah. LOL die. <laughs> I don't see. I'm not an LOLer. But did you know uh -huh. that? Uh -huh. Did you know that I really hate LOL. She she. You I do it all the time. Constantly sorry. Lol. 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 Yeah, I use it all the time. And and the laughing emoji. I'm super uncool. But yeah. you know that there's Same. there's a there's an icon for a zombie. So maybe oh, we yeah, should. That one too. So maybe we should make our own funny, and instead of sending the skull, we send the zombie. Why isn't there a garden gnome emoji yet? Because I always think oh, about there sending is that. a zombie. That's so cool. See, is there no? They have a girl and a boy. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you say, girl zombie, to make it come up? I don't know. They're, I've used them so much, they're just there now. Like, it's just easy. It's in my favorite. <laughs> Rachel's Bonnie discovering the zombie on her phone right now. <laughs> no, Bonnie sent it to me. Oh. So the, the most uncool person in the room gets to go first. Oh, God. <laughs> and like most uncool people, a.k.a. your dad, I read another war book this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you like also, my dad? I was like, what? Are you also wearing black socks with your sandals? No, I have on and blue shorts. socks. I don't have on shorts. Then I'd have to shave my legs. God dang. What do you think this is? April? Not warm enough yet for that. I know. What do you think this is? April? You need to go stand out and supervise the lawn care with yeah, your hands really. on your hips. It's like, 
I think that if you uh, sprayed over there in that corner first and work your way around. You know, I think she's got that posture down a little too comfortable. That's how my dad stands. You got to have a fanny pack, too, and a beer and a koozie. <laughs> Real men don't use koozies. <laughs> All right. So back to my uncool dad book. Yeah. I mean, my very cool dad book, because I love these books. Um, I read On Desperate Ground by Hampton Sides. And this is a, a nonfiction book about the Korean War. This was recommended to me by Shona G. I believe. I'm pretty sure it was Shona, Shona G. One of the Shonas. And it is about the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir. And at this particular time during the Korean War, it was winter. And so they were having like the coldest winter that they had in like a very long time. And temperatures were going down to like minus 20 degrees with wind and everything else. And so besides being just a brutal battle, they were fighting these frigid, dangerous temperatures and everything at the same time. And also... This is when China came in and started helping the Koreans. So they had about 300 Chinese soldiers come over and start fighting with the Koreans at this specific battle. So America was just completely, you know, blown away by all of this that's happening during this battle. And it's just a lot about what they endured and how they... You know, some of them actually did make it out and everything else. And one of the things I really liked about this book is that it took a real personal view, kind of like Flags of Our Fathers and Flyboys that I reviewed a little while back on the podcast, where you just get a sense of like who these soldiers are and you want to know what happens to them. You, and they keep going back to specific soldiers to kind of tell you about what they did and how they were injured, but they still kept fighting because they didn't want everybody to die, obviously. Like I said, it was really personable. It's like you were reading about somebody that you knew because of the background that the that the author would give you on the soldiers. And it wasn't a lot. It didn't go a lot into their lives, but enough to make you invested in, in the people. It was a really good book, and I, I liked it. It wasn't quite as good as some battle books that I've read, but definitely better than other ones that I have read. So I would definitely give this a four and a half. I don't know if I'd give it a five. I wish they would have gone into more detail about the soldiers that they focused on, their life after the Korean War. It kind of ended at the end of that battle, basically. You found out a, a little bit, but not enough. I wanted to know more. Um, the author could do a follow-up book, and I'd probably read it about these soldiers. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. I liked it. I would recommend it. If you're into um, war books. Like your dad. Like like my dad. <laughs> because I'm cool like my dad. She um, also has would, ear hair. <laughs> I don't have ear hair. I pluck. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a pain in the ass to pluck your ear hair. <laughs> My makeup you, mirror doesn't go back that far. You need a buddy for, your, for ear hair picking. <laughs> need one of those little machines <laughs> that you buy your dad. Again, that was called On Desperate Ground by Hampton Sides. 
And I think that this would be something that our 30 to 60 year old men who listen to the podcast would really enjoy. Sweet. Let's go for Carrie next. Ooh, my turn. Yes. Since being on the podcast, the Ah. author has to review someone else's book because we like to torture people. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. This was a hard decision. I've read a lot of books recently. I ended up picking this book because I love, well, I do have to say I know the author. So I'm trying to read a lot of my friends' books that have published recently. But I just love her cover. The Art of Dishonesty. Ooh, that is a cool cover. The Art of Dishonesty. So it's like a a paintbrush with blood on it. Oh, Ooh, that's cool. That is it's just, cool. I just it's love a Rachel cover. kind of book. Yes. <laughs> it's so impactful. I love it. The Art of Dishonesty by Sarah Lee. So it is a thriller. Sarah is the Lee. first book um, in the Love and Lies series. Nobody does it like Sarah Lee. <laughs> <laughs> love Sarah Lee. Don't tell her that. <laughs> But you'll never forget her name now. Come on. So it's a thriller. And I like thrillers. But this one has a twist. It reminds me of those nighttime soap operas. Like Desperate Housewives, Devious Maids. And it follows a couple, Adam and Sophie. And Adam's had a pretty rough childhood. There's actually a prequel called The Art of Disappearing. It's a short little story. Um, But it kind of talks about his childhood. But he's totally head over heels for Sophie. But he feels like she's hiding something from him. She's been acting really suspicious. He's just totally convinced that she's hiding something. And he thinks that she's probably cheating. So he hires a private investigator to follow her. He talks to his brother, Charlie, about it. Um, He's just, he kind of gets a little obsessed with trying to figure out what she's hiding. I'm normally pretty good at seeing what twist is going to happen. It doesn't take away from my enjoying of the book or movie or whatever it is. But normally I'm like, oh, I can figure out what's going to happen. I did not know who was going to end up being the bad guy. And that that surprised me. Like, I couldn't believe I didn't figure it out. But I didn't figure it out till it happened. And I'm like, how did I freaking know that? Like, how (laughs) how did I not know that? And then... Really, there's two bad guys in it because there's the bad guy that does the crime and then there's a bad guy who kind of screws Sophie over and um, Adam over in a different way. Mm. So you kind of get that's I think how I got confused when I was reading it, not confused in a bad way, but she twists, she put twists in there and they got me. That's good. I was totally leaning one way thinking that the same person had to have done both things. So it was it was really enjoyable. I actually, it's it's a pretty decent sized book and I read it in one day because I just couldn't put it down. I had to know what was going to happen next. I loved The Art of Dishonesty. I gave it a five. I always can figure out a twist. I can't remember the last time I watched something or read something that I couldn't figure out exactly what the end was going to be. Like who was the bad guy, who did what. And That's this, good plotting. I, I couldn't figure yeah. out who the bad guy was till it happened. Yeah. I was... I was impressed. So yeah, I gave it a five. If, if you like detective based, cause this is not like following a detective, like a lot of those thrillers are now, um, but like domestic thrillers. It's only um, $3.99 on Nook right now. Woo. Oh, wow. So it's, yeah. so it's on sale. Extra reason to go buy it. I don't know how much the art of disappearing is, but it's just a short story. You could read oh. this in like an hour and it's, 
it's probably much cheaper because it's shorter, but it goes into um, Adam and Charlie's childhood. And it actually gives you a backstory to where you end up knowing something that they don't even know, but it shapes their whole life. So it's, it's worth reading. It doesn't ruin anything for actually reading the book, but it gives you insight into how they turned out, how they turned out. Kind of like the director's cut. Yeah. Extra content. Yeah. All right. Um, And give us title and artist on that one more time. The Art of Dishonesty by Sarah Lee. So the book I am reviewing this week is called The X-Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And this is a story about public radio station in Seattle. Uh, Our main character, yeah, right? (laughs) Our main character, Shay, has worked as a producer at this station, and she's been there for 10 years. She's been working on the same show, um, but her dream is to talk on the radio and be a host, but she's never had the opportunity. Dominic has just gotten his master's in journalism, and he never lets anybody forget it. And he is kind of the new rising star at the station, and he gets a job talking on the radio really easily. So she automatically just kind of dislikes Dominic a lot. And he doesn't like her very much either. Now, all, the station is doing poorly and layoffs are coming. And her show gets the axe. And so she's basically told that if she doesn't come up with a great idea, she's going with the show. So she proposes this talk show, a live talk show, where two exes would give relationship advice live on the phone and they'd have callers call in. Now her boss knows how much she and Dominic hate each other. So he comes in and he says, you know, you guys can't stand each other. Everybody would believe that you guys are exes. Uh, So why don't you guys host this show? And neither of them want to do it. They're both really against lying to the public and everything until he basically says, well, Shay, you're going to lose your job. So if you don't do this, you're, you're gone from the station. So all of a sudden Shay desperately wants to do this. So she convinces Dominic to go ahead and have this show. But um, as the show is this huge hit and as it goes, it becomes like a podcast. And then as everything happens, I, the lies they have to tell just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's a really fun story. Their banter is hysterical and adorable. And they you really get that they hate each other at the beginning of this book. But this is an enemies to lovers kind of book. So They kind of find themselves falling and it's a very slow burn, but it's a very cute story. (laughs) The way they argue is just hysterical and you could see people doing it. Um, And the funny thing is that it happens on the air. (laughs) It's a really good story. I gave it five stars. It's really nice if you have like a book hangover or if you just need something, something nice and easy to read. I read it really quickly. And that was called The X-Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And you know, it's also super believable because radio stations do shit like that. It kind of reminds... It sounds a lot like The Hating Game, only in the radio format. Yes, it has very strong Hating Game vibes. So if you like that, you will like this a lot too. Awesome. Made me think of 
that awesome. show Frasier that used to be on. God, I love that I show. I could totally <laughs> see that being an episode of Frasier. They're and rebooting be, that show. I heard that. Yeah. And it being Roz and Frasier. Bringing Frasier back. I wonder if Roz is going I hope they bring Roz back. I like her, and I hope yeah. Niles gets to come back, too. He was so adorable. Oh, Niles the was supporting part. cast of that show made it. Yep. I heard it was going to show their kids. Mm. Oh, I don't know if that's true mm. or not. Mm. But that's what I heard. Well, that would kind of make sense, I guess, since they're also getting old. <laughs> true. <laughs> Moving right along, Rachel. Back okay. to domestics again. This one falls, I wouldn't say it doesn't fall into that category. Um, this one was a little unique. It's definitely a thriller, though. Um, it's called The Good Widow by Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinke. So this book, the chapters are always entitled by one of the female characters' names before or after. So the main character is Jacqueline or Jax. So a lot of the chapters will say Jax before or after or the other female in the book, Dylan, before or after. So the book is is told from both of the female perspectives, okay? Hmm. But what they're talking about with before and after is before Jax's husband, James, died in a horrific accident with Dylan. And the after is after the accident. So really, the stuff you're hearing from Dylan is before. There's a little from Jax before, but most of Jax is after. So it's Jax's husband and... You know, and then Dylan also has a fiance, which you learn from the synopsis. So our main character, basically, though, the book opens up with police officers knocking on her door saying, uh, hey, yeah, your husband was killed in a fiery car crash in Maui. And she says, no, he's in Kansas on a business trip. Nope. Oh, and by the way, we found this woman also that was in, in the accident, too. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that reminds me about the be like that's like the beginning of American Gods. Uh huh. Why aren't I in Maui? That would be my first thing. Not even yeah. like, oh no, well, he's dead. Why am I not in Maui? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's sort of the wife's thing of what? Wait, what? And to to make that um, blow even worse, that's where they had their honeymoon. Oh. Yeah. So this Oof. whole book is her trying to figure out exactly what the hell was going on. And there's another couple players in this. I freaking love her sister in this book. But there's also a few other things at play. It did not end the way that I thought it was going to. I was really sad at a lot of parts and hated a lot of the characters. But there were some twists and turns um, and they give you this little nugget in the beginning of the book that really, if you don't latch on to it, but the authors do a great job. They sprinkle it throughout. And once you start to figure out what's going on, you're like, son of a, that's what it is. And so, but you want to second guess yourself and you want to doubt it because you don't want it to be true. So it really was heart wrenching through the whole thing. It was a great book. Um, I would highly recommend it for sure. And it was definitely a little unique in, in the way that things transpired and what she was trying to figure out. So I actually gave it four stars, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for me. I tend to be a harsh critic. So, um, so that, again, that was The Good Widow by Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinkey. Sweet. 
Awesome. I'm yep. so mad for her that she didn't get to go to Maui. Right? <laughs> and the fact that the bastard went there with another woman to where the moon. That like, total um, dick. I know, right? Oh. Then other things happen in the story and you're... I didn't know how to feel at some points in this. I'm like, I'm so mad and I'm so angry and just sad. And I didn't, uh, yeah, it was a roller. At least he was in a fiery crash. (laughs) Upside. Yeah. Her death was far more horrific than that because she didn't burn in the crash. She was ejected and found two weeks later. Dang. Speaking of grizzly, Uh, speaking of super, super grizzly, (laughs) <laughs> it's time to get to Carrie's book. <laughs> our, lo- our lovely author, Miss Carrie Caden, the, uh, her very first novel and also the first novel in the N87 virus series after the outbreak by Carrie Caden. Now, as you guys know about me, I am a zombie girl. I love my zombie books, and I have read just about every single one out there. So it takes a lot to kind of bump me up to, like, you know, feel feel good about reading another one, especially during a pandemic, Carrie. Thank you very much. I know. I know. The timing was perfect, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it also really shows in this book how, because you have a medical background, you can really tell like some of your descriptions and stuff that come in because you're a nurse, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I was impressed by not only how gory it was because I love the gore. Absolutely love the gore. Your descriptions, especially in the very first part of the book were so, I, I mean, I just felt the, the description that you started off with when you're in the forest and it's almost like you're not really even sure what the hell is going on in the beginning because she's she's out there in the middle of the forest she doesn't have is she naked i think she's naked isn't she mostly naked well she lo- she ends up losing her shoes yeah but yeah she's anyway she's out in the middle of of nowhere and she all of a sudden just sort of comes to consciousness oh yeah like yeah, she's the, naked then. Yeah, yeah. Like the very beginning. And <clears throat> so you're, you're like, okay, why in the hell, it, A, is she out there? And then she gets picked up by these two people. And so all of this weird stuff starts happening. She doesn't have any memory of what the hell's going on. And pretty soon you find out that she is, was a zombie. Yep. Which is a twist that I, A, did not see coming, and B, was there for. <laughs> she was on board. Yes, I was on board for that. Because it's so different. The fact that she spent two years in that, I, I want to call it a viral haze. Yeah, that's a good description. Yeah, where she doesn't really have any memory of her behavior. It's almost like being roofied for two years or something. Where, yeah. where you're you're disassociated completely from your body and from yourself and the kind of stuff that she was doing during that time. I mean, honestly, if that happened to me, I would not want to remember it. Right, yeah. Because some of the horrific stuff 
because the behavior of the zombies is typical for the genre. Meaning, yeah, they're they're eating people. They're behaving like zombies behave. Um, and it's terrifying. I've always been terrified of that whole idea. Ever since I watched The Night of the Living Dead when I was 13 years old, I have been absolutely freaking terrified of zombies. So I loved a, a lot of the things that you brought to this to freshen up the genre because so, so much of the stuff's already been done. So I've got two really positive things right in the beginning. A, you're a woman author, you got a well-written book, and you've got a different zombie take. So, hey, I'm totally in for this. Keith read it too. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. For one thing, the whole idea of when you pick up a zombie book, you kind of know what you're getting into. There are definitely things about your book that are different, such as there is a little bit more of an emphasis on a possible cure and the emphasis on redemption, where yeah. where you wouldn't think that somebody who'd been a zombie for two years would be thinking about their victims and whatnot. So exactly. that was also super, super unique. I think that you you did something that's very difficult to do in this day and age, and that is to find a good twist on an old trope. So thank you. Kudos, baby. So oh, I love all zombies. I love the typical zombies. I read those kind of books all the time. But I always like what makes that stuff so scary to me is the hope that it's not going to be that way forever. You know, mm. you have to have hope or everybody will just lay down and be eaten. <laughs> so, Especially like for those of us who are super out of shape. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be gone so fast. <laughs> I'm, I'm that person that when I'm someplace, I sit there and I'm like, if zombies happened right now, where would I go? Where would I hide? You got, what a, would bug I do? Out, you got a bug out bag in your trunk, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. See, and in I multiple- knew it. And in multiple closets, because this is Tornado Alley. So if it takes out half of my house, I that's just smart. Have it somewhere else. Yeah. I knew it. I knew you were that girl, Carrie. I knew it. (laughs) I want to be on your team, though, dude, because you're a nurse. So, you know, (laughs) we got to have a medical person on the team. I'm I'm super pleased that we're friends. (laughs) And And it's a skill I can barter. Like I'm better off. I'm I'm more valuable alive. So what do you keep? What do you keep in your bag? What would you suggest we keep in our bug out bag for the zombie apocalypse? Oh my gosh. So I have really detailed medical stuff that not everybody needs, but I, I have that in mind. You need something to keep you warm. Um, I love those life straws. Have you guys seen I have that? One. That was the first thing I thought of. I have, I have one, one in my too. bag. I have a bag love too, them. because it's tornado alley. You gotta have, yes. yeah. What's a life straw? I, you have to have some it's... sort of knife, some sort of tool to cut stuff. Machete. Um, yeah. Yes, the zombie machete. <laughs> Life straw is a um, it's a water filtration tool. So you, all you have to do is you could stick it in any water source, and, and it drink it, and it filters it so that you won't get like cholera or some kind of. <laughs> and it's really lightweight, and you yeah. can use a lot of uses, like yeah. three thousand gallons or something. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, Obviously, I don't yep. have a bug out bag because I don't know what this crap is. <laughs> Everybody should have a life straw. I actually got it after I looked at the CDC zombie apocalypse thing three years ago. I, that was yeah. 
you just never know when something really catastrophic is going to happen. I had masks in my bag, you guys. So when That's- when the pandemic hit, I already had my masks. So, hey, make fun of Flashlight me. Flashlight and batteries so that you could go in the dark. You have to you have to remember like the basic stuff. Things people don't think about like tampons. Mm-hmm. Have, tampons you can use for multiple things. Tampons, socks, stuff like that. Cuz the last thing you want is to like be out there and not have that little essential stuff that just makes life so much better. Toilet paper. You know? Oh yeah. Toilet yeah. paper. <laughs> we now know how we valuable know. Yes. toilet paper how is. How valuable that is. <laughs> toilet paper's a new bitcoin. <laughs> I'm a minimalist with my bug out bag. Like I have very basic stuff in there. It's only to get me somewhere else. But my family, they, my dad has a trailer. Okay. Like a trailer to hook onto his truck. That's full of stuff to try to bug out. And I'm like, dad, we are going to lose that truck immediately. So you come by this honestly is what you're saying. You come by this whole preparedness because your family has given this knowledge to you. And I grew up on a farm. So some of this is just practical stuff, you know, that we had to do when I was growing up. Yeah. So yeah, my dad and brother are way worse than me, like way, <laughs> way worse than me. Rachel didn't have time to finish, but um, she does have a question. Rachel, yeah, go ahead. it is on my TBR, but the cover, it's amazing. It's ominous. It's it's great. So I just had a question about if you designed it or kind of how the concept came about with that, because it's amazing. Um, when I, I saw it, cause I do a lot of reading on my nook. Uh, and when Martha told me about it, I of course purchased it right away. Cause I love a good zombie book, but had I just seen the cover, not knowing what it was, I would have been drawn in immediately with it. I am not an artist. I don't, I can't do any of the digital stuff. I don't have Photoshop. So I, I paid for that one. You got a picture of the bag on there. That was important. <laughs> uh, it, my designer is Broken Candle Book Design. She designed it and she did a great job. I can't wait for the next one. So I'm excited to see what she comes up with. Speaking. Have you finished the next one? No, I've almost finished um, like a prequel that's going to be free. But no, the next one's not. It's it's going to be a doozy of a book. It's not totally done yet. <laughs> Give us a timeline. Well, What's your favorite part of being an author, isn't it, Carrie? Yes. <laughs> right. Currently, I'm not working on the zombie series. Currently, I'm working on a totally different urban fantasy series that I have three books in coming out this summer. Oh. So I'm like pushing hard to get that done. And once those three are out, or once they're all up for pre-order anyway, then I can move back over to N87. So you're going to have to now give us a little bit of a tease about what that's about and what it's called. We'll have it you back on the show when you when you get it put out there. It is called The Siren Jewel. And I've actually been working on my blurb for it, the stuff that goes on the back of the book. Discovering I was a powerful witch was my new beginning. Being locked away for it may be my end. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's a YA contemporary fantasy. So about a girl who finds out she's a witch at the same time she does something really horrible and she ends up getting sent to a magical prison for it. I bet you just so she has would to like come that. to terms with yes. her whole life while that happens. I already have the cover for that one. Ooh. I have the cover for all of them, but magical but. prison. Well wow. so you write under a pen name for each different genre you do? Yes. That's what's cool? So what's your pen name for that series? Carrie Roberts. 
Awesome. I keep them the same. It's not that I keep them secret from everybody, but it's mainly for like marketing purposes. And mm -hmm. so if that doesn't always cross over, not all yeah. readers will both genres. So this way people can decide what newsletter of mine do they want to sign up for? What, you know, I can keep them separate, mm -hmm. not send them a bunch of stuff they don't want or that kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good idea. Well, it's a good thing we're so versatile because, you know, we'll be able to, to love your book no matter what kind of book it is. Zombies, witches, war. So I, we, we got you covered. Now all you got to <laughs> do is write something in space and you'll, you'll, you'll have all of us covered. Don't yeah. request true crime. Oh, yeah. Got to watch out. Carrie, man. is there a love story in it? In with the, yeah, there's a love story <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah, Keith's going to have to. Keith's going to have to read that one then. Keith <laughs> and Megan will I, read it. You definitely can tell Megan already as a romance because to me romance has to have happily ever after or happily for now, and the main focus of that of the Siren Jewel is definitely her, her coming to terms with what she is, her trying to navigate this new world, and trying to you know save herself. Not so, dying. But prison. there's definitely a love interest. <laughs> yeah, a love interest is okay as long as it's not you know totally heavy on romance. I'm, know, too, I'm too old and cynical for that shit. <laughs> she has too much crap to do to deal with love. Yeah, as it should be. <laughs> I'm very excited for you. And I'm honestly, I have to say that um, being a writer is not for everyone. Even people who may have great ideas or be good at it, being an actual writer is not for everyone. Some people just can't commit like me. I've been trying to write a book since I was 26 and I just can't make it happen because I don't have that the drive to do it and so I'm always very very I'm always really impressed by someone in awe who can actually make it happen you know what I mean oh, I think Bonnie yeah. said it she said in awe You're yes in awe of that I'm person. in awe Dead deadlines help with that like I'm going through self edits on the siren jewel right now and I've already booked an editor because that's my that gives me a deadline you know like I have to do it I have to get this done and if I don't get it done well enough before I send it to the editor it's going to cost me more money because uh -huh. it's not going to be in such good shape it needs to be in the best I can get it to so that's a good motivator editors are expensive ah money is a good motivator yeah uh -huh. that's, that's pretty cool definitely is well anyway um after did I give the title and artist at the end of that? No. I don't think I did. Okay. No. So the name of that book, the N N87 Virus Book One, is After the Outbreak by Carrie Caden. That's Carrie with a K, Caden with a K. And you didn't sign this either, so. Nah. Oh, I know. It's a I thought about that. It's a first edition, and it's not signed, and I am cross. She needs that. She needs first editions. She needs them signed. It's her thing. It's a good thing we're in the same state. I know, right? <laughs> we'll have to get together and ha I'll, I'll have you sign it for me. So it's a good thing we knew her before. I know. We knew you before you were rich and famous. <laughs> what is this rich you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew. My, my CPA totally disagrees. I'm like, can I can I write off the paper clips? Can, is that a business expense? You're rich in the love of the bibliophiles of the world. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about a zombie book like this is that because the zombies are not rotting, it kind of leaves 
open for more things like a possible love interest, for example, in the zombie realm. You're not going to have your bits and pieces falling off if you're, you know, getting busy. It's all fun and games until your bits and pieces fall off. Yeah. When you're getting busy. What are you reading? Where the, I don't want to. <laughs> I actually did read a, a zombie book that had where he was worried about his bits and pieces falling off. Had a little zombie love. Yeah, a little possible zombie love. And his biggest fear was flies. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because, nobody you know, wants to get with a guy with flies. Once, all over no, the place. once you get a maggot, you're you're done. Because yeah, that's gross. Yourself. I don't know what it's like that. Yeah, yeah. right through out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I like garbage. <laughs> Rachel is a special kind of, <laughs> of interest. You don't know my life. <laughs> but that whole CDC thing, man. I think we need to be more prepared after seeing how people behave during a pandemic. Dude, everybody would be zombies. There would be like five of us. I mean, Carrie, being a nurse, you were right on the front line of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there were times I was like, oh, my book's coming true. Like, it's happening. <laughs> I can't even imagine oracle. How, how you must have felt. Especially because you'd already finished this and already had it. Yeah. Ready to go. I, I almost didn't publish it because of everything going on. I was like, I don't know if it's really appropriate right now. I don't, but then, you know, I was like, I, I have to do this. Like I, I ended up going back to the hospital and working in the hospital when they were pretty overrun here in Oklahoma. So I was like, I need to get this out there. I need something else out there besides, you know, COVID. <laughs> but it was difficult for me when you initially talked to me about it because it was like I was just not in the headspace to read about a pandemic at that point. Right. Oh, I, I've had some family members that stopped halfway through and are going to do it a little later because they were starting to read it um, when things were pretty locked down here and it just it upset them. So they stopped. Now that we're out the other side, I think I can feel confident in recommending this to everyone especially because it's a virus that doesn't actually kill everyone that gets it that just made right. it even creepier for me <laughs> well you don't know who's gonna who's gonna turn yep you know who's gonna die versus who's gonna turn and yeah and i explore that more in this prequel that i'm almost done with that i'm gonna put up as free well, well and the survivors almost don't want to be survivors because you've lived through and you've done horrible things well exactly Oof. you'll have to let us know when you put the free one up so, uh, we'll we'll put a link on our um yay on our facebook page so that we can share it with our tribe and our website All right. and our website yes okay i pulled up that life straw thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's like 18 dollars, dude but it lasts for so long it's and you don't have to drink the cocktail water it's a survival tool if you have one of those, you can drink out of anything. You can drink. Seriously. If you drink dirty water and you get diarrhea, we're leaving you. That's yeah. right. When you get That's cholera. That's disgusting. You guys you wouldn't even straw. You wouldn't gone. share your you're straw with the... me? Well, I'll buy 12. I'll just buy a pack. I'll split them with you. You don't okay. need 12. Right, That's the point. You do need they two. Forever? Excuse you need me. Do one they for... forever? You need one for each person. 
no, no they, they don't, don't last forever. No, they don't they last, last forever. forever. See, well, what am I going to do? Just be like, oh, well, I've used my quota. That would be having no a more water straw- for me. Having a pack of life straws would be like owning Bitcoin during during okay. an apocalypse. You'd be like, yeah. <laughs> man, that'd be more valuable than toilet you don't paper. You use the life straw all the time. You use it like when when you're getting your shelter built and then you collect the rainwater and you drink that. Sheesh, like, Rachel. I'm going to do that. <laughs> but I got to share with Bonnie, so I need a pack. <laughs> they sell them in packs. You could get a pack of three of them for $49. Well, hey. see, there you go. Hey, Carrie, three is fine. Twice. 12 is excessive. That'd be great. A great marketing tool. <laughs> I need somebody. Get a life who... straw with your book name on it. I need somebody. <laughs> With a similar personality to me, if I'm going to survive this bullshit and I need Bonnie there, so Rachel's there behind. Rachel will have her label maker. Everybody will have their name on their life straw because we can't share. They, the most they come is a pack of five for $64. So I can't do fives. They need to do six or four. I can't do five. <laughs> the zombies are going to come at you. The infected are going to be after you. And right. you want to drink, and you're like, oh, wait, the packages are weird. And I have They're to gonna use your intestines. The zombies are gonna I come up and you're gonna be for a feather I, boa. I have <laughs> legit I have legit had the conversation with my husband laying in bed, and I said to him, Listen, if shit ever goes down and this and the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse happens, I get it. You're you're in good shape, you can run, just leave me. And it, you know what? It's fine. I'm okay. He's got a good life. I'm like, well, that's a stupid move on your part because you could survive that shit and I can't. That's true love right there, Rachel. All I ask is that you off me before you go. Just kill me. See, now there's a plot twist for you in in your next book, Carrie. Make sure you give him good Tupperware so that he can take some bits and then he can eat them later because that's wasteful otherwise. He's not a zombie. That's the point. You do what you have to do. I mean, listen, if he wants to take me as a snack later and I'm already done, as long as he can barbecue it or do whatever he wants, that's fine. At least he's not going to eat my taco. Maybe that's the part he wants to remember. I mean, there's so many other. He's going to save that for last. (laughs) This is dessert. At least he didn't eat my taco. Really? I'm just, he can take it if he wants, but I'm sure there are better parts. Yeah. I don't know how well that would cook up. It'd be chewy, like beef little, jerky. Yeah, a little jerky-like. <laughs> you might have pluck to pluck it some, first because, ew. You might have to put some sauce on that. It's a little dry. <laughs> Your taco's a little dry. You need some Maybe hot like sauce. No, a poop is all fat. Like, you need something meaty. Like, take a butt cheek or something. <laughs> But not my, my butt, butt cheek. cheek is be, all fatty, too. I, that'd be fatty. I was going to say, you're going to need an awful lot of Tupperware for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you just take just take the organs. Mm. Some of us don't like sweet meats. So. Puffa beans. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three, three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.